Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Welcome back to The DK Project. Zooming in today, we've got the Good Wives Guide to True Crime Podcast, ladies. It is uh, Colleen, Fancy, and Christina. They chime in about uh, what they've been up to, their podcast, their uh, Murder by Design, which is a a YouTube channel that they've got. These guys uh, have been investigating the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case forever. So kind of a true crime uh, story here. Pretty interesting stuff. You're not going to want to miss this one. The ladies were great. Um, Don't forget to tell a friend, subscribe, give us a review. Everybody enjoy the show. Today's episode of the DK Project is brought to you by Dentcraft, located in Wyzetta. Dentcraft, the paintless dent repair that everyone needs. Get over there and see Donnie and the boys. They do an exceptional job. They definitely are the leader in paintless dent repair. You can check them out on the web at dentcraftpdr.com. That's dentcraft with a K, pdr.com. Or give them a call, 952-473-8000. If you've got some dents or dings, that you uh, don't want to waste the time at the body shop or the money. Go see these guys. They're very affordable and very fair to work with. They'll have your car looking like new in no time. So go check them out. Tell them you heard about it on the DK Project. That's 952-473-8000. Welcome back to the DK Project. With us today, zooming in, the Good Wives Guide to True Crime Podcast Hosts. We've got three of them on the line today. This is this is a new thing for the DK Project. We uh, we haven't had three on in the past. We've got Colleen McShane, Christina Alperdi, and I screw that up, and Fancy. Close enough. All right, all right. So how are we doing today, ladies? It's doing good. How are you? It's great. Are you guys all over the country? Or are you all in the same location? Now all we're over the country. All over. So how how uh, first of all how does this all come together now we're doing a we're you're, you're doing a podcast and you're doing mm-hmm. a YouTube channel the YouTube channel is called Murder by Design tell me how this mm-hmm. all starts how do the three of you get together and 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 get to where you're at now well, well that's, that's a, a long story there's got to be a story. Well, it all starts with Gypsy Rose Blanchard. It does. It all starts with Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So this is fancy. And um, I kind of started this whole thing. (laughs) Um, I'm a writer, a producer, an actress. And um, I happened across the Gypsy Rose Blanchard story as it was breaking. Um, If you guys don't know who Gypsy Rose Blanchard is, basically, uh, she is a young lady whose mother... Uh, made her pretend that she was sick her whole life. She enlisted her online secret boyfriend to kill her mom. They did kill her mom and she got caught and she's now doing uh, 10 years um, in a prison in Missouri. So that's how, you know, I started on this project of wanting to work on that. I came across it and I thought, well, that would make a really neat TV series. And so I reached out to uh, Gypsy's uh, stepmother through Facebook. I thought, well, I'll try it. You know, she answers, she answers, or she doesn't, she doesn't. And she did. Uh, I worked on it with her specifically about a year and a half by myself, just kind of going through talking with Gypsy. I went down and met the family. Uh, I took my daughter with me, who's one of our partners in the company um, that owns all of this, Met Ginger. But um, you know, I kind of went down there. I started off, I got in over my head because there is over, I don't know, 5,000 to even maybe even upwards of, of 10,000 just medical documents in this case. And so I started wow. thinking, oh my God, I need some help. So I had been introduced to our, one of our other people that works on the podcast with us is Mama Ty. And she comes in, she gives a recipe of the week. Um, and she gives us a French word of the day because, <laughs> you know, we're serving up, we're, we serve up true crime one dish at a time. That's wow. our thing. So she was actually best friends with the the woman who was killed, Dee Dee Blanchard, uh, all through high school and junior high school. She was a nurse. So I asked her to come on and start looking at these files because I didn't know what I was looking at. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. Right. Uh, I can read it, but I, ha- you know, and I can understand some things, but you know, when you're talking different levels and say, I had no idea what the heck I was looking at. So I brought Titania on. And then after about six months, Titania said, Hey, fancy, um, I'm going to need some help still. 
So I put out a call, you know, on the internet. Uh, we had grown our our site on Facebook overnight because we did a couple of um, interviews with In Touch Weekly on the Gypsy Rose Blanchard story. And so that's how I met Colleen and Christina was through me asking for help. Um, and then the rest is history. We wow. kind of, we decided to do the podcast uh, because the TV series was just taking forever. And uh, we're still waiting, you know, with everything we had, we thought we might've had it worked out, but then COVID hit. And so we're still waiting everything. again. So, um, so how long ago was this? How long did this all come together? So I, I started four years ago and I think what Colleen and Christine, you guys have been with me, what, a, a year and a half or two years now? Uh, I'm about a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So then, so are, is the goal to get this on regular network TV or cable, or is it a YouTube thing that we're sticking with YouTube? I think eventually, I mean, yeah, we'd love to have a network television, you know, a, a story uh, because we do have, we are the experts on the subject. Uh, we know more than anyone else out there, probably including and up to the family and Gypsy herself because of everything that we've done to try and investigate this. Like I said, I've spent four years now. The girls have spent a year and a half with me investigating. Which, which so yeah, we'd love to you? have a TV show, but um, we released a 13 episode uh, podcast on the Good Wives Guide to True Crime, our season one. And, you know, that's pretty inclusive of what we know, but there's still a lot that, you know, we just can't, there's so much in this story. It's such a twisted turn, crazy story that, uh, yeah, we'd love to have it, but, you know, we still want to continue on with the podcast. The podcast has changed in our season two we have now kind of gone into, we interview a lot of um, law enforcement professionals, um, psychologists, people connected to different cases. Um, So we've branched out a lot. And then on Murder by Design, you know, we really try to get into understanding the mind of these people, you know, these killers, like what causes them to do what they're doing. Well, and that, and that was going to be my question. You did your whole first season on uh, Gypsy uh, Rose Blanchard. And, uh, and she was convicted, right? There's not, it's not like it's an open case. It's just, it's just getting into what was behind all of this and how it all transpired. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that what, mm-hmm. uh, your first season is about? Um, well, she was convicted, season, right? You said she's doing 10 years. Yeah, she's doing 10 years. Um, but she pled out, whereas, um, her, um, you know, her co co one person in this, um, you know, her co-defendant in this, he did not plead out. He went straight, he went all the way through to trial. He's doing, um, life, uh, without the possibility of parole. Um, and, um, you know, so she pled and they gave her a really nice cushy sentence based on, uh, mitigating circumstances, uh, because, you know, all the medical history in this, like I said, there's thousands and thousands of documents of, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the girl. She is completely 100% healthy, never anything wrong with her. Really? Um, her mom, yeah, her mom just concocted all of this. And, and from an early age, she, she kind of participated in it. I don't know if that was out of fear or just a necessity or, or what, you know, we'll never really know the story there, but, um, yeah, so she she's done, I think she's on six years out of 10. She gets to come up for um, parole here, and I think another, I don't know, two, three years. Wow. Um, and through all of this, like, like I said, I brought the girls on. We got even more involved in this, and we were doing really well. We were very close with uh, Gypsy's stepmom and her family, and even Gypsy herself for a long time. Uh, and then we received the actual full interrogation video of gypsy that nobody had seen before wow how do you um, get that pop, um <laughs> funny connections <thing>. connections <laughs> i mean i was I, we were doing a piece with oxygen i asked for something i said hey do you have this because we can't get it from here here and here and she said oh yeah i, I requested it from uh from where was Wisco- wisconsin you know where colleen is uh, right. and uh that's, I got it. And so she sent it to me. No one had ever put it out publicly in its entirety. And let me tell you, seeing that we were the first ones to release it on murder by design. It's still up. You can see it. Um, it changed every single one of us that were working on the team and that, and working in this, cause we have other people that were working with us at the time. It broke all of our hearts, uh, because it really changed what we really felt and thought about, um, the really? Blanchards and gypsy herself. So there's a lot more to this than uh, what meets the eye is what I'm gathering. Oh, this story is deep and deeper and deeper. This 
So this is the what? one that got you into it. Like this is this is where we said, hey, let's give this a run. And and because you have a filmmaking mm-hmm. background, right? Fancy. I do. So, so I do. This kind you know, of in I've your wheelhouse. Couple, yeah, like like I said, I thought, oh, this is funny. You know, I was in the middle of writing a crime drama at the time, and um, I saw this come up and thought, oh, well, that'll be quick and easy to do. Everybody will know the story. It'll be easy. We'll just get in there. We'll tell the truthful story that you know, maybe because you know, even when you do a documentary, because the documentary "Mommy Dead and Dearest" was just about to drop at the time, but you know, when you do a two and a half hour documentary, you're not going to get the whole story. And so, I wanted to make sure that we got the full truth and nothing but the truth. And that was kind of what I told the Blanchard family when I started off. I said, "Look, I'm not going to tell the nice, feel-good story. I'm going to tell the whole thing. So if there's anything weird or strange besides what's already weird and strange, I might need to know." When <laughs> you know, I thought I got the truth until we really started digging. And the more we dug, the further we, we dug and the further it took us to dig more. And it became very evident that the story that had been told out in the public was not the story, uh, the whole truth, you know, and it was wow. a very sugar coated, very sugar coated um, thing. And I, I mean, I, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I don't think Colleen or Christina did either when we all started this. You so, know? so who? So, a couple questions come to mind. Uh, number mm-hmm. number one, who's paying for all this? Like, how how are you, uh, you know, tra- traveling and, and doing all this research? And and uh, I mean, is this self funded? Are you? Do you have investor? I yep. mean, how, how does all this happen? And where do you go from Self- here? What's what's next? <laughs> self-funded. 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 Oh. Self-funded. Yeah. Um, self-funded. I. Uh, I paid um, the first time when I went in down, I paid for uh, my trip down. I drove down to Louisiana because I'm in Kentucky. So it sure. wasn't too far. It was, you know, 12, 13 hour drive. I was like, all right, I can do that. <laughs> um, and I had friends that lived in New Orleans. So I stayed with them. Um, you know, they, they opened their home to us for a week and a half so that we could go and do this. And we spent, you know, a lot of time with the Blanchards, especially Christy, because Rod um, works offshore. So he was there for a couple of days while I talked to him. But then, um, you know, I spent a lot of time with with Christy, the stepmom. And then um, she took me and I got to meet the other side of the family, which was Dee Dee's siblings, which let me tell you, hooey, that is a really interesting, interesting family, interesting family. So, um, so yeah. they just took you in and, and said, you know, opened everything up to you. That's just crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, you would think, I I mean, and I truly thought I was getting the whole story, um, there for a long time. Um, you know, and they're, they're not bad people. I I don't want it to come out that we think that they're bad people. I think that, um, they are normal people who were put in a very precarious situation with all of this. Um, and I think that it's a, it's a small, small, I mean, when you say small town, it's like blink and you're through it, you know, um, at one point in time, one of Dee Dee's nephews was explaining to me how to get to his aunt's house. And he was telling me a story about going down this road. He's like, are you going to go down this road? And he's talking in his Louisiana accent. You know, <laughs> He's like, you're going to go down this road. And there's going to come this, you're going to see the sign. And you're going to be going about 70 and it's going to say 55. And he's like, and that is a firm firm and i'm sorry 50 he's like that is a firm firm 50 you don't you don't do 51 you don't do 52 it is a firm 50 or they will get you and i mean that's how tiny this town was it's like you know little itty bitty and you blink and you miss the sign and you end up with a ticket and sure enough i was driving down that road the first time we were there you didn't listen i saw that sign and i hit my brakes almost immediately and (laughs) sure enough if there wasn't a cop sitting on that other side and i was like well thank you bobby petrie because i just avoided a a ticket so wow um, but it's it's tiny you know my friend who lives in new orleans was like you're going to cut off you realize that's like the end of the earth right and i was like (laughs) no wow um but it's 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 pretty remote so you know, it's a very small town, but yes, um, originally they were very hospitable, brought me in, you know, fed me everything. And we were very close for, for three years. Wow. Um, and then, and then I think it was a combination of things. Gypsy ended up with an online, um, fiance, um, who caused a lot of trouble. Who's no longer (laughs) around. Um, and then, you know, the, the discovery of this, this, this interrogation video, which really solidified for us that she was not as innocent and sweet and, and a victim, you know, all the way. So it it writes itself is what you're telling me. Yeah, no, it does. It does. 
It absolutely does. And, and like I said, it just, every time we thought we were to the end of this, this deep cavernous pit, <laughs> we would open up a new door, you know, and it's like, oh shit, what is this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, There's more. And wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so I'm in Wisconsin. So I'm actually in the same um, area, just one town over that Nick go to John uh, gypsies boyfriend at the time who killed who came down to Missouri to kill her mom um is from and I'm just about uh I think I'm one year younger than them so uh oh I'm up I'm up here and so that's kind of where I uh got involved because they were looking for some nurses up here um and I'm a registered nurse um I also teach nursing to um at a local college university and I'm in my nurse practitioner program. I graduate on uh, one semester. Um, and so I started coming in for the medical aspect of uh, the case and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of medical documents and having to really analyze things, questioning why doctors did so many surgeries and procedures that, and prescribing hard medications that weren't needed. Really? Yeah. And yeah, that weren't needed. Um, and then knowing that when she was younger from when she was a baby until um, about around Hurricane Katrina is when she was playing or getting um, more of the abuse from the medical aspect. After they get into Missouri and Gypsy is now a late teenager. Um, is when Gypsy becomes more of a willing participant in oh. the abuse or in yeah, the medical well, fraud. Well, we did find something going all the way back to when she was seven, didn't we, Colleen, with the pooling of the, the stuff yes. in, in her mouth? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? And so there, she was like pooling saliva in her mouth to, for scans and to make it mm-hmm. appear that she wasn't able to control uh, the saliva in her mouth. Because she had her salivary glands removed. Wow. Um, but she was doing that. And, at you know, at seven, you know, that's where we're like, was, you know, she be, was Dee Dee bribing her, you know, do this and I'll give you this. Wow. Or if it was do this or I'm going to beat you. Um, but and then after she became like a teenager is when there's less of the serious uh, medical procedures. There's still some surgeries and procedures, but they're not as intense as the ones that she had when she was a kid. So are these corrective or are these, uh, she's choosing to have these surgeries or what, what's going on there? It it varies. It varies. Um, You know, a lot of eye surgeries. She had tubes put in her ears. She had a hearing aid. And she tells me, you know, all the way back to when she was five, when she got the hearing aid, she was the first um, kid in Louisiana to get the miracle um, ear. And she remembers that. And she she remembers her mom, you know, weaseling her way back in with them to do the test because her mom's not supposed to be back there for this exact reason. But Dee Dee convinces (laughs) them, you know, to let her back there because, oh, my God, Gypsy can't do this by herself. She'll never be able to do it. And she remembers her mom telling her, I'll pinch you, you know, each time you should hear the note or not hear the note. And Gypsy went right along with it, you know, (laughs) wore hearing aids for years and years and years, didn't even need them, didn't turn them on. Like, it's just, it's crazy. But, um, you know, some of the surgeries – Yes, it's it's very invasive. Um, But, you know, when you watch her testimony at Nick's trial, because she testifies for the defense um, at Nick's trial, which is really, really crazy. You would think she was going to be called for the prosecution, (laughs) but she gets called for the defense. Um, And she is asked two questions, you know, and one of them was, um, when did you know you were you weren't sick? And she said, I already I always knew I wasn't sick. And then the next question was, is, well, when did you know that you couldn't, that you could walk? And she said, I always knew I couldn't walk or or that I could walk. So, you know, she got her first wheelchair at seven Wow. or, or, you know, I think it was seven or eight. So, you know, I don't have the documents in front of me to remember the exact dates, but she was very young, you know, and she always knew she could walk. She, there's even tales from the, uh, the mother's side of this family that, that said she would 
you know, get up and she'd jump on the trampoline. Her mom would come see, see come back outside and she'd fall down. Uh, she was at a hotel with them at one point in time and she, her mom went to go get ice and she was like jumping from bed to bed. She heard the key go in the door and she immediately fell over, but they didn't ask questions. Like nobody ever <laughs> questioned it. I, and that was one of our big things. Like, how do you see all of this? And you don't know. So like, did you know they, all this going like into she, it? That it was that it was this huge, long, lifelong story of madness? Or did did, did you just um, go into it looking at the murder and, and all this opened itself up? I mean, I had an idea. I had been in some forum boards. That's how I actually met Christina was I was in a forum forum on, um, you know, a group on Facebook. And uh, we, you know, we, we picked around every idea. You'd heard all the different things from, you know, your, your armchair detectives and everything. And so I, I knew some, um, I had no idea what I was getting into when you realize that nobody in this story is a reliable narrator, literally nobody. Um, And when you get into it, you also realize that no one has the truth. So everyone has bits of the truth. Um, no one has the truth. And some of them have more truth than they're willing to tell. Uh, that makes them, you know, because they don't want to look bad in the story. Wow. Uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, is they're all good and they're all bad in the story. Like there is no perfect guy in the or perfect person in the story. There's no like, oh, that's the good person. Oh, okay. We got that. No, nope. all of them are just a little bit, you know, off in all different ways. And we discovered that along the way. And I mean, and, and it even got worse. Like, so not only are we dealing with this family, all the information, the, just the vomit of information that we are dealing with, like, you know, um, we ended up with people on the internet that started stalking and bullying us because they had a difference of opinion Whoa. and it got really bad. That's where, like I told you last year, we, we suffered some really catastrophic times. You know, we thought it was probably, the worst year of our lives. And then, then, you know, 20, 2020 decided to say, ha ha, we raised you one. Yeah. Right. You right. Know? Right. Um, wow. However, 2020 has been really great for us as far as growth goes for the company and for the, for the true crime stuff that we cover, because we've closed our door, you know, a little bit on gypsy. It's, it's, a, it's a jar, you know, like yeah. there's a, there's room for it to come through. Um, I think at one point in time, the three of us had decided we were like, that's it. We're never speaking about it again. And then, you know, uh, going through what we went through, all the different things that we, we, and we talk about this all in our 13 episode podcast. Like I said, when I first started that podcast, the idea was to do three, three <laughs> episodes. You just and couldn't it get it done. Five, it just kept going. And then it became nine and then it was 13. And I'm like, well, that's it. I'm cutting off. We're done. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. You're tired. It's emotional. You know? It was emotional. Well, so be. that first season is extremely raw. It's not anything that we would have originally thought we would have put out for this, but I felt like the more raw and truthful it was, the more credible, you know, it, it helped us be, you know, because we just gave everything. We were like, that's it. We're going to tell the whole thing and that's it. And we're going to leave the cards on the table and walk away. Um, and so I think, you know, um, I think for us, and this is Christina, I think for us, it was such an emotional roller coaster ride because all three of us went into this with so much passion mm -hmm. for Gypsy and yes. for what was done to Gypsy and she didn't know half of the things that she went through she didn't remember so we wanted to put together something to help Gypsy understand exactly what happened and yeah. I think most people when they hear about this case and they watch a documentary or they watch the act they take a black or white side to it it's either mm -hmm. gypsy was the victim 100 percent, or uh, she's a criminal she she knew exactly what she was doing wow. but with this case it's not black and white at all there's so much gray it's in 50 the middle. shades of gray like it's like 500 <laughs> shades of gray, shades of gray. it's mm -hmm. it's just so much and we all went into this with i would i fought with family members friends where mm -hmm. i was so defensive of gypsy and as we dug deeper and more and more things came out, it, it hurt us so badly because of how deep we were involved and how much we cared about her. So wow. it, it's, when everything came out, it was a blow. The first time we saw that interrogation video when 
I got it from Fancy. I couldn't talk. After the four hours, I messaged her and I was like, look, I need a little while. Mm-hmm. I can't even talk right now. I can't believe what I just watched. I, can't, I, I was in shock. And wow. I think all of us had that where we could not believe that, you know, we we got this one side of the story. And as we dug deeper, it was just more and more and more. And it changed so much. And I think a lot of people need to realize that it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot to it where everybody's a victim and everybody's a villain in some way. So it's also, it's also, I want to add to that, like, okay, so people think of it as a Munchausen by proxy case. If you don't know what Munchausen by proxy is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a disorder. It's, it's listed in the D, you know, the DSM five, which is the um, book that all psychologists, psychiatrists use to, you know, just um, explain mental disorders. Um, but it's, it's very much in a weird category because it's not really a like classic mental disorder because there is no like reasoning for it. There isn't anything that causes this. There's definitely signs. There's definitely, um, patterns of behavior that these women, you know, generally it's women. Um, and basically they're caretakers who somehow get either glory or fame or, you know, notoriety from taking care of these sick children or their people that they're taking care of. Sometimes it is elderly. It's generally children though. And they, you know, they take care of these kids, but they make them sick. And if there's another case that I believe is more, you know, very, very classic Munchausen by proxy, it would be the case of Lacey Spears. Um, Very, very sad story. She basically poisoned her son to death by giving him salt. Um, And it was crazy. But this case is the one case like, okay, so it started off, we're like, oh, it's a Munchausen by proxy case. But as you get into it, you begin to ask yourself, is it really? Like, because there's so many things that don't fit within this, this category and it can go, it could be Munchausen. It could be what's called malingering, which is more for fame and fortune, as opposed to like, you know, the, the God complex or the hero complex. Um, so, and, and it's funny because we were watching, you know, the, the, the biggest experts on Munchausen by proxy talk about this. Well, when we reached out to them to talk about doing our show, because when we originally pitched the idea of doing a document, you know, a drama series that was a scripted series, we wanted to do an after show with panelists from different, different, you know, things, you know, one for prison reform, somebody from Munchausen by proxy, you know, all these different things that we wanted to bring to light. Well, I found out from the the experts, they had never even looked at the files. They had never spoke to Gypsy. So they're making this determination just based on the fact that it was medical abuse in their their mind and what they know about Munchausen by proxy. And I said, but what if it's not a case of Munchausen by proxy? But it is. I'm like, but I don't know that you know that. Like, there's a lot more to this. Like, Like we said, it's not just straight, oh, it's Munchausen by proxy. Absolutely. It's that case. And that's the end of it. No, this goes really really deep like beyond what anybody would ever ever understand and um i held out hope you know for two and a half years i asked for that interrogation video i was given every reason under the sun why we didn't have it you know um some you know at one point in time it was it was that they lost it the defense attorney lost it then it was oh hbo when they came to make mommy dead and dearest they they took it like I, and they won't give it back to me so i fought you know i tried to help fight hbo to get it back um but hbo now is like well we don't we, we don't have it you know we what, we just have what we were given are they um, aware of what it of is that. are they aware of the 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 craziness or is it just sloppy um i don't you know I, at this point i believe that it was intentionally withheld uh because it it, t- it it changes the narrative um so when i got it i didn't get it like i said i didn't get it from green county um because they refused they said we won't give it to you the police department said no we're not releasing that because of nick's still appeal that's going on, you know, so we can't release it. Well, then I finally found out to ask for it from Wisconsin, got it from Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, And then when I see this, I mean, I had held out hope that at some point we had seen pieces of it, you know, and I thought to myself, okay, there's got to be a point where Gypsy turns and she finally tells the truth of what happened to her with her mom and all this stuff. And so 
I watched for four hours waiting for that moment and then realized it was never coming. Wow. And then there, you know, so she lies and she lies and she lies and she lies. And he basically, you know, the, the investigator tells her he knows she's lying. He knows she's lying. She knows she's lying. He gives her every opportunity to come out. And then eventually what she does is she turns and she throws it all on Nick as if she did have anything to do it, that he forced her to do it. He hated her mom, blah, blah. And when that moment came, my mouth dropped and I was like, okay, well, there's still another hour, hour and a half of this. So it's still going to come forward, you know, wow. and it doesn't. You end up at the very end, he walks out and he tells her, I can't help you anymore because you won't tell the truth. So I'm just going to have to go now and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be arrested and you'll, you'll meet with your attorney and everything. And there is a port where she, she lays down on the ground in the police station <laughs> next to the door, trying to listen to what the officers are saying outside. So they come in and they ask her, Chip, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, well, I was just trying to trying to find out what's going on. I'm just very scared. And, you know, and, and he's like, OK, well you need to sit up in the chair, you know, and she's like, well, and then at this point, now she's been questioned for four hours. Never once did she say, how is my mom? Never once did she say, I would like a lawyer. Never once did she ask about Nicholas. Now he asked about her in his wow. interrogation video, but she didn't do any of those things. And then immediately at that point in time, she looks at him and realizes, ah, shit, I'm really caught now. And she, with not even a second's thought, goes, I'd like a lawyer, please. Wow. So, which means you. she knew the whole time she could ask for that lawyer, and she didn't. Wow. She, she, she thinks think she's she that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> they had They had a planned alibi that they were, like a story that they were supposed to give the cops, that her mom had kicked her out, and he came to pick her up. And in his interrogation, he's literally out loud saying, well, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure why I'm here. You know, her mom kicked her out and she called me to come get her. So he's basically going along with the story and she never once uses that. And that was the story they agreed to tell the police if they got caught. Wow. So it went from feeling like, okay, in the beginning, I'm like, no, they had a plan together. You know, she was trying to protect him as well. And in seeing the interrogation video, it was like, wow, she never even attempted to go along with the story that they planned on. She threw him under the bus once she knew it was bad for her. And that was just it. And then when you yeah. couple that with the text messages between them for, for years, you know, there's years and years of text messages. When you look at it all together and then you look at the medical files and then you look at this and you put it all together, it becomes very clear what it is and what it isn't. And um, it isn't what has been portrayed. You know, she, so when we did our, our, our podcast on that season, I titled it Gypsy Rose Blanchard, America's sweetheart murderer, because that's basically what they've portrayed her as, yeah. you know, this very innocent. Um, she didn't know anything. She wasn't educated. She didn't get to do this. But when you learn from her, when you find out who she is, she isn't like that at all. Um, she puts that on for a very good long time until that second that you piss her off and then she will pull out, you know, she called me the C word at one point in time. Wow. She accused me of trying to destroy her relationship when all I was, you know, I was so close to the family that I looked at her like one of my, one of my daughters, you know, and I was like, if this was my child, I would tell her the exact same thing I'm telling you right now, you know, and why I'm concerned for you. And I, I feel like I have a right to say that because I'm more than just a storyteller here. I've become part of this family because I was so close to them, wow. you know, and then I realized maybe I wasn't so close, you know, maybe I had been bamboozled, you know, and um, that was a hard, hard realization. It took weeks, sometimes months. And I think that we still battle it every once in a while because you can turn a page in this, in this, in the story and you can go, Oh, I get it. Okay. So that's that. And then you turn the next page and you go, Oh, okay. nope. No. And then you turn the next page and you're like, but wait a minute. And then there's the more. next page, so, there's so, more. You know? But then you finally get to the end of it. And what do you, what do you, what now? Like, how do you, how do you say, okay, we're closing that chapter and, and where do we go? Or do things start to fall in your lap because you've kind of got a following now and, and mm -hmm. other cases come up? I mean, how do you, mm -hmm. how do you determine what the follow up to the Gypsy Rose project well, is? Well, um, you know, I can answer that. I don't think we'll ever fully be done with Gypsy. Um, I think it's something that we'll always, always talk about because 
it's so fascinating and there's always something new to say. Um, as in right now, you know, when we started, I decided I was going to sit down and write a book and the girls are going to help, you know. And so Mama Ty, who is looking through all the medical records again, she started compiling them year by year, you know, piece by piece again, so that I would have all the documents real easily to go through for the book. It's that time again, folks. Time to enjoy summer. And what's more summer than ice cream? The Lost Lake Creamery is open. We have made some changes for your safety during these difficult times, but we still have 24 flavors of ice cream, shakes, malts, and root beer floats. Check out our new website at lostlakecreamery.com. You can bike, boat, walk, drive, however you want to get here. We are located at 5575 Shoreline Drive, just off the Dakota Bike Trail in the Harbor District of Mound, at the end of the Lost Lake Channel on the north end of Cooks Bay of Lake Minnetonka. Open every day. Stop in and see us today. And remember, ice cream fixes everything. Again, um, Titania, uh, Mama Ty was looking through everything. And we actually came across something that we we had known, but it, it hadn't dawned on us as how significant it was. So there's an entire two years of time missing from all of the medical records, all of anything. Like they go from Missouri, they or, or from Louisiana when Katrina hits, they get airlifted into Missouri and then in 2015, and then they don't get their habitat house in Springfield until 2017. And there is um or I'm sorry, do I have the do I have the time? No, I have the, the ones wrong. I'm sorry, 2005 to 2007. So so they leave leave, leave Louisiana in 2005. And until 2007, there's nothing. There's literally no records anywhere. There's no medical stuff. Does, there's nothing happening. Happen? Yeah, we don't know. There's a two-year gap. And, you know, we have speculations. I can tell you that I, that I, what I can say is a mom of teenager girls, uh, Gypsy was 15. Ah. Um, I think that maybe there was a time of, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm not doing it anymore. And you can't make me. And I want to have a normal life. And I think something happened in 2007 for her to decide to go ahead and re, you know, all right, I'll go to Springfield, but I want a real life, you know, and maybe she told her that maybe she said, well, we'll move to Springfield and we'll get the Habitat house. And eventually you can, you know, meet friends and move out and whatever. I don't know. Wow. We don't, we'll never know because I don't think that anybody's going to, but we're looking into that period of time. So, so that's something that we're still following forward with. But like I said, I don't think, Gypsy will ever fully leave us. Um, I think we thought that that was going to happen, but it's just, it's just not, you know, but of course now we have the new, new the new season that we've been doing um, both on uh, murder by design, Colleen and I do that together. Um, and that so one, where is did you more go about, next? Um, you know, we're doing a lot of things. We've been working with law enforcement professionals. Um, we're working with a Bundy survivor to tell her story. We're, mm. you know, we're looking into other things. Um, I want to look into, uh, we're, we're working with uh, Todd Matthews from NAMIS, who's the former director of NAMIS, to look into missing persons cases. Wow. And and we're just going to keep going. Um there's a definitely a lot of different ones that have that have piqued our interest. For me, um, there's the Delphi murders out of Delphi, Indiana, who are two little girls that um, have been, you know, that were murdered three years ago in a very small town that sh we should have been able to find out who did it. And it's happened for three years, you know, that nothing. So we're looking at doing some sort of documentary on that, you know. So there's a lot of things that we're looking at, and we just take it day by day, you know. So. Oh, that's fun. It sounds like it sounds like you've got a lot of options. I mean, uh, obviously, with everything going on, how uh, how has the current uh, status of my fair state uh, helped your podcast? It looks like you've got a, a bunch of YouTube stuff uh, about Mr. Floyd out there. Um, mm -hmm. What uh, what are you finding on that? Were you doing some some in-depth research of the uh, disaster that is Minneapolis? Yes. <laughs> so what? So what we've done is, so we have regular guests come on um, pretty much every month, talk about cases, including uh, Cheryl McCollum, um, Joseph Scott Morgan. And so we have a whole host of our favorite people who come and talk to us specifically about their expertise. Um, and so we had them all on pretty much that week 
um, that the George Floyd case happened okay. to talk about the different things. So Justice Scott Morgan w- walked us through the autopsy um, and both of the autopsies that were done. Um, Cheryl talked about the arrests of um, Derek Chauvin and the others. Yeah, uh, We had um, Stephen David Lampley come on and talk about the difference between protests and riots and the response of police officers. Um, and so how is the response we have had been? all of them. How has the response been? From police officers or from no, our people? From, from, the, from your people about, <laughs> uh, about the, you know, the cover or, you know, what you're doing with it and, and the, the reporting that you're doing. Cause it just seems like uh, everything is just so chaotic right now and everything is, you know, I, dr- I was actually, chaos. I drove through there yeah. today, uh, that, that area where all the rioting mm-hmm. and all that was, and it's just gross to see what's going on and, and, and how that area has mm-hmm. become. Um, so it's always, mm-hmm. it's always interesting to hear people's reaction to, you know, what, what transpired and there's so many difference of opinion and it's not, you know, it's just like what you're saying with the, the gypsy case. It's so it's not, it's not black and white. It's not. Mm-mm. You know, you're here. No, there. and it's, it's we nice. talk about that. Um, and we, we do talk about that. And I can honestly say at, at very least all of us here today and every professional that I've talked to, pretty much everybody agrees that, um, you know, Chauvin was absolutely 100 percent in the wrong and that mm-hmm. he is just he's not a representative of what the rest of the police force is. That, okay, does, so that does seem to be a common denominator there. That yes. can be, but but to be fair, to be honest with you, I can honestly say our audience um has paid less attention to watching those videos that we did than they have um, the videos that we've done on the Vallow case or the Leticia Stauk case. Like, um, oh. so I can honestly, I can say that maybe our viewers just are, they, they are turning, you know, they don't want, they either don't want to hear about it or maybe it's too hard for them to hear about it. Um, we have differences of opinions be- amongst ourselves, even that we try to, you know, I try, we try to be very fair with each other and, and, and we love each other as friends, you know, so we try to, to, um, you know, respect the fact that I don't have to see everything the same way as Colleen does sure. and Colleen doesn't have to see everything the way as Christina does, you know, so we try. Um, but we have come, there is something that's amazing that's come out of this. And there's actually two things. I want to talk about something that we're working on, but then I'm going to let Christina talk about something that she came up with that kind of complements what we're doing. So we, in the very first interview we did about this was with Cheryl McCollum and Cheryl McCollum is the cold case research Institute uh, founder. Okay. Uh, she just, they just worked on. So, so Cheryl just uh, worked on the disappearance of Don Lewis, which is, if you don't know who Don Lewis is, that's Carol Baskin's husband. Um, and he disappeared many, 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 many years ago. Mm-hmm. And Tiger King brought light to that. And so they were asked by the new sheriff down there uh, to open the investigation and look at it as a cold case. So that's how, you know, we started talking with her. Well, she came on and she was the first person that we interviewed about the George Floyd case. And um, it was during the mass rioting, just horrible. You know, the world was coming to an end and it was just is absolutely scary. And in fact, she actually is also the co-host of CSI Atlanta and is a CSI investigator down in in Atlanta right now. She also walked the Ahmaud Arbery case um, crime scene with Nancy Grace. Oh, wow. So she's done a lot. So we talked with her about a lot of that. Um, And she, at the end of it, one of the things that we asked her was, how do we, you know, where do we go from here? How do we how do we, how do we change? How do we fix this? How do we, and her answer really was, you know, that, that in all things that love wins. And then she suggested this and we just thought this was the greatest thing. She said, you know what guys, you know what we should do with your podcast and with us here at the cold case research Institute. And we'll try to bring in some of our other friends into this is why don't we make a shirt or some merchandise that says, you know, hashtag love wins and we'll make, we'll create a, a scholarship fund and the college age students can enter by sending in like a 30 second video talking about how they lead with love and what their educational goals are and who they are. Very cool. And I thought, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. Cause she said, you know, that's the only way this is going to, we're going to win this, you know, is by having meaningful conversations, you know, um, watching people, the police listen to people, the, the community listen to the police, you know, have meaningful conversations to change, you know, and so we 
created this in the, in the honor of peace, you know, and right. ushering in peace and trying to do something good out of this. So we do have that. It's over on T public. And if you go to our Facebook um, site, which is facebook.com slash true crime wives, you can check it out from there. We have a link to it. You can go on over and hit it up. There's, there's cups, mugs, you know, uh, shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, everything. Wow. Um, hold on. Dogs. <laughs> yep. Thank you. That's yappy ones. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got yappy ones. Um, so you can, there's cups, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, anything you could possibly want to put hashtag love wins on. It's there. Um, and a portion of the proceeds from those sales will definitely go to the a scholarship fund. And then we also have a GoFundMe also on our Facebook page um, that all the portion, you know, the proceeds of that will go. So wow, um, we're great. looking to try and raise at least $5,000. If we raise more than $5,000, then we'll look at doing more than one scholarship. Um, if you want to enter to win, you know, you can send in your entry to good wives guide at G or good wives dish. I'm sorry. Good wives dish at gmail.com. Um, uh, and like I said, 30 seconds, tell us how you lead with love, uh, send in a little bio about yourself and your educational goals. We will be playing some of those videos, um, at the beginning of our podcast, at the beginning of our YouTube. So we're really excited wow, about those. That's great. And then when we award it, you know, we'll let people know. And if it gives, if it goes really well, we may continue it on to do more. Uh, but you know, that's that's really what we're hoping to do. We wanted to find some way, you know, to to make something good out of this this craziness. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds but like a great Chris, idea. Well, so and then Christina has also kind of spearheaded um, another initiative uh, based on the love wins campaign mm -hmm. yeah so along with the love wins campaign we're also launching an organization that is tentatively called the gale force and the term gale force is used to describe a strong fierce wind the acronym gale stands for good apples of law enforcement Usually when we hear about any incident involving wrongdoing by a member of law enforcement, they're generally referred to as bad apples, which leaves a lot of people asking, where are all the good apples? Right. And we know they exist, but we don't get to hear from them enough. And that's where the gale force comes into play. It would be a safe space for those good apples to unify and take action against the bad apples. We believe that good outnumbers bad in all aspects of life, and those numbers are where the gale force of fierceness and strength come from. So when good unifies, bad will always lose. Wow. There's lots of issues in the law enforcement profession that need to be rectified, and we believe that the best way to resolve them starts from within. There's what we call the blue wall of silence, which is an informal rule among police officers not to report on a colleague's misconducts or crimes. Right. We believe it's time to tear that wall down. Officers are often punished if they break that wall of silence. An example of this, we've been hearing a lot about her officer, Carriel Horn. Uh, back in November 2006, she stopped another officer from putting a suspect in a chokehold, and she was fired after 19 years on the job, and she lost her pension because she intervened. Wow. Also, the stigma that goes along with members of law enforcement seeking out mental health care needs to end. Studies have shown that members of law enforcement are less willing to seek care because of embarrassment and shame. Now, keep in mind, this is a high-stress profession with a higher suicide risk than other professions. There have also been studies that indicate that if an officer does receive support from their unit, they're much more likely to seek help when it's needed. We believe that good members of law enforcement far outweigh the bad, but we also believe that the system needs to be changed to give them a louder voice without having fear of retribution or desertion by their colleagues or superiors. And we hope the Gale Force can be a first step in giving these officers from all across the country support and a way to come together and say that we're not going to stand by and allow anyone to tarnish this profession that we've dedicated ourselves to. And we're going to clean the barrel one bad apple at a time. Wow. That's awesome. You, you, you guys are on your way, man. That's, that's really cool. I, uh, I, you got a lot going on. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah. Tell, yeah. We, busy uh, people. Well, we're running long here, so we gotta, we gotta mm -hmm. bring this thing around. What, uh, where can people find you? What's the best method to get, uh, to find, uh, the best way to contact you guys 
Give us your social media. Give us all the the pertinence so people could check it out. I'm looking at the uh, Murder by Design YouTube site right now. I'm going to jump mm-hmm, into that mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose project yeah. tonight. That's on the mm-hmm. list. So what? Uh, yeah. Tell okay, us. Tell so, us what the best method is. Okay, so you can find us on almost all the social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at True Crime Wives. So uh, that's like, you know, the hashtag or the, you know, facebook.com slash true crime wives. You can do that on any of those. So Instagram, t- Facebook, Twitter, you can listen to our podcast at truecrimewives.buzzsprout.com if you want to find it directly, or you can go to pretty much any platform. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Podcasts, at Pandora. The Good, yeah, Pandora, at The Good Wives Guide to True Crime. Just search it up. You'll find us. It's a black background with three uh, little housewives around a table. Um, <laughs> so you'll find us there. And then uh, Murder by Design, obviously, is over at YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash murder by design. Um, and I think that's that's it. Like, uh, we do have our story and everything. And we are working on getting our um, our full website up and going. It should be up sometime this week. So you guys will be able to find that on one of our, any of our socials. We'll probably list that. And you guys can go there, too, to see what we work on that isn't true crime. Because we do have a full 100% um, full production company, which is an all-woman-led production company. Um, we work on projects that we feel have high social impact. Um, so we do have a high uh, count of true crime projects that we work on, but we also have, you know, some movies, some dramas, some TV series. So that don't revolve around true crime wow. um, that we're, What's the we're name working of that company? on currently right now. Um, Mad Ginger Entertainment. So M-A-D and then ginger like the color of my hair <laughs> entertainment.com. So, um, and that website should be up pretty soon, but yeah, we're working on that. Um, you can find us on IMDB, you know, you can Google me, um, on French, you know, fancy Miss Sally. I'm all over IMDB. And if you want to see more of what we had to say about, uh, Hulu's the act about Gypsy Rose Blanchard, just go to in touch weekly, search my name and you will find, numerous numerous articles because i did an eight-part series with them debunking each one of the episodes as to what was and wasn't truthful inside of the episodes um and i've done a couple other follow-up things with them too so we're kind of everywhere wow (laughs) sounds like it it's huge and then if you and if you want to email us you know just drop us an email at good wives with an s dish which is like serving up a dish um at gmail.com so good wives dish at gmail.com Perfect. Well, listen, Colleen, Christina, and Fancy, we can't thank you enough for all the time. We're going to check in on you down the road and see uh, see what's been going on and see what your latest projects are. So thanks mm-hmm. for the time, and we will talk with you somewhere down the road. Thanks, ladies. All right. Thank, thank you. you for having us. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.